Hey, all right. We got episode 103 of the Church Digital Podcast, once again, powered by Stadia Church Planning. Jeff here. I, I, I love this conversation. I, I, this is probably going to be one of my favorite churches because I love how aggressive they are, really, without having a, a lot of resources. I'm talking about Cornerstone Church up in the Pacific Northwest. Jason Poling is, is the lead pastor there. And, and so we had this conversation. Jason is, is the guest here uh, on, on the show. But let me, let me tell you up front, um, Jason's the only pastor I know of in the country that's doing ministry in three different phases. Now, we, we don't talk about this a lot, but there's the, obviously the physical space. There's digital space, which is like broadcasting your services online, videos recorded through cameras, broadcasted to web browsers, to mobile apps, you know, that sort of thing. You're using video to do uh, small groups and, and Zoom and, and things like that. You know, that's a, that's a, a digital church. Uh, it's a physical ministry, a digital church. That's really kind of where those two phases are that are, that are most popular in, in this season. The third phase is, is the world of virtual reality. It's the world of avatars. And, and so Jason Poling here, through his small church, Cornerstone, I don't know, three, 400 people, I think he says here on the podcast, he's not only is he doing physical ministry to three to 400 people, not only is he broadcasting his services online through you know cameras and, and, and that, those techniques, but he's also doing avatar church. He's doing virtual reality church. One, and, and it's like the same staff support all three. The same uh, message goes to all three. The same discipleship process goes to all three. He's figured out how to scale his church, not only physically, not only digitally, but also virtually in the land of avatars. Like this is, this is a phenomenal story out of a small church up in the Pacific Northwest. You can see why I love it so much. So, hey, why not bring this guy in and have a conversation? See what he's learning in this season when it comes to physical, digital, and also virtual reality. Uh, Multi-site campuses, phenomenal. So we're bringing in, like I said, uh, Jason Poling, lead pastor from uh, Cornerstone Church, myself, Jeff with the Church Digital and Stadia Church Planning, in a conversation that I'm essentially calling the virtual reality multi-site campus. Okay, everybody. Here you go. Why don't you tell us about yourself? Tell us about Cornerstone, your, your church, kind of like give us your ministry story. Yeah, so Cornerstone Church is where I'm at in Yuba City, which is north of Sacramento, about 45 minutes in the valley up there in Northern California. And I've been there for two and a half years about. So I was a pastor over in Eastern Iowa in Cedar Rapids in the Evangelical Free Church of America denomination, a small kind of movement. So I was there 10 years and then two and a half years ago, came out here, came out West, packed up the bags like the Beverly Hillbillies and yeah, here I am. And uh, it's been great. I, I do love it out here aside from the fires and the smoke and all the other crazy stuff in California, but the people are great and the church has been good to me. So we've really enjoyed it out here. So there's like, I don't know, a million cornerstone churches in, yep. in America. Like, like yep. that just seems to be a pretty popular name. You're, yeah. you're not affiliated with any of them. There's no, none of denominations, no, no organizations. You're just kind of like the standalone. We're standalone. I'm sure they're great organizations, but yeah, we're, we're by ourselves out here in Yuba city. So cornerstone church of Yuba city is its own entity, I guess. Yeah. So is, is it a, is it a big church? Is, is it a small church? And I, I never want to put numbers on it, but yeah. where we're going to talk to kind of calling and vision with where we're going with this conversation with you. I'd love to just, some of the backstory, like tell yeah. me specifically about the church. Yeah. So when I came out, so it's been a, it's been a blessing and just all, you know, all of grace from God, obviously COVID has really 
made the numbers crazy. But uh, when I came, you know, it was a church that was maybe struggling. It was struggling. It's about 150 members. It had declined from a peak about 500 about 10 years ago. And it just kind of steadily declined uh, various reasons. And then, uh, so I came in 2018 and it just, by God's grace, we just, I've got a great staff. They're, they, they are amazing because they're very, very, very part-time. As you can imagine, a small church, the budget's not great. And they've just done a great job. And so the church really grew over the past two years from about 150 to about a little over 300, maybe 330 was an average attendance on our services on Sunday. Uh, and that was about March. And uh, so March hit and then we closed. Uh, we've reopened since. We're probably about 50% of physical tenants and then the rest uh, seem to be online as far as a- average uh, live viewers of our congregants and people, of course, everywhere else. Who knows who knows who we're all drawing in at this point, but it's definitely been a ride uh, up and down. I mean, to grow and then come back down uh, with the numbers, It's it's been a little bit interesting, but you know, I think every most churches of, that I've been aware of have experienced quite a quite a shift here. Yeah. So you guys are already meeting. That's that's we're meeting now. Yeah. So California, yeah, it's kind of bizarre because you think California is a lot more strict on it, and and they are pretty strict. But you're allowed to meet, uh, depending on the county. But we're allowed to meet um, basically outside is what we were supposed to be doing. But then the fires hit, and you couldn't be outside for longer than five minutes without hacking up a lung. So we went back inside. It's, it's been a little bit uh, nebulous on what the actual protocols are supposed to be with all the things that have been happening. Well, and, and California's got, is it, it's MacArthur, right? That that's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah. Difficult out there. So, yeah. That's a I'm whole so other. Sure the government's being nebulous right now. So No, with him, I think they're, they're, they're a little more on to him. Our, our area, you know, up in Northern California, it's not, yeah. It's, the the, 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 the uh, sheriff and police, they're they're pretty relaxed about stuff, but down there, I, yeah, MacArthur picked a fight. That's for sure. Yeah, MacArthur was a champion of online church from the get go. So oh yeah, sure he was. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, I'm not even touching. Don't that. go no, there. Yeah, don't go. Totally no, not going there at, at all. <laughs> yeah, hey, you, you'll, you'll be a part of cancel culture quick, right? They'll they'll, they'll cancel the Jeff Reed show if you get on there. Oh geez. It would not take a lot to cancel the Jeffrey show. I'm just saying it's 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 not like you you we even take a lot of work to make it happen. I think a couple of uh, key phone calls would would get it taken care of. I'm not that I'm giving ideas to people because that would be the completely wrong thing to do. Hey, so you hit my radar. Uh, maybe like the first month or so. I, I remember just having a brief yeah, we chatted for a little bit, yeah, Zoom, uh, a little bit, and it was this idea of you're doing a you're a physical lead pastor uh, at a, at a physical church. And you were spinning up a virtual reality church. Like, I think we met like five or six weeks before it launched. Yeah, Maybe it yeah we were right in the very beginning stage. After it was yeah. right at the real beginning of, yeah. of this. And, um, and so I was like, oh, this is intriguing. This guy's doing physical and virtual reality at the same time. And then I'm talking to DJ and DJ's, DJ Soto, lead pastor of VR Church. And he just starts yeah. singing your praises of all the stuff oh. that's happening. And I was like, well, man, I want to hear some of these stories. I want to yeah. hear what's going on. Uh, with uh, with your church, uh, Cornerstone, yeah. and how it's doing physical ministry and literally virtual reality ministry at the same time in the middle of this COVID season. So, what do you got? Tell tell me some stories. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome, an awesome ride. I'm I'm so glad that I got into the digital ministry and VR ministry. I I did not know what to expect. The only 
the only uh, template I had was really DJ. And I, I'm really good friends with DJ now, but before I didn't know him from Adam. I just had heard about VR Church and it just really intrigued me. And I was like, that is so cool. I, I just... I, I just jumped on the bandwagon, got a got a, a Quest a headset from Oculus from Facebook, and uh, and then I, I said uh, to the church, I said, "Why don't we start a church campus?" And people were really on board with it. They were excited. Again, things were going really well, and church was growing. I think people were just excited to see expansion happen and reach more people across the world. So uh, it was really cool too. Uh, even the funding, people just were so generous to donate to this specific project. And it doesn't cost, of course, that much to do it, but it was nice that people were really backing it with their support. They were really excited. So we launched the church, right? Basically, we were going to do it earlier, and we just weren't quite ready. And then COVID hit, and we're like, you know what? We're not quite ready. Let's just do it. And we're glad we jumped in at the time that we did. And we, we're only on the Altspace VR platform. It's just one of the mini VR. Uh, it's probably mm-hmm. one of the big three, big four of the VR platforms. And that's the only one we're on right now. But uh, it's been it's been great, uh, but there's a lot of overlap. We really, from the beginning, wanted it to be somehow connected together. We didn't want it to be its own thing, separate from Cornerstone, the IRL Church in North Sacramento Valley. We wanted it to be connected somehow um, in a community, and we weren't sure exactly how to do that. We've seen, and I can talk more about as we go forward, some of the ways in which we've been able to see that vision come to to fruition. Um, but we really, and we wanted it to be like, like a campus, like that you're part that, that anybody comes to the VR Cornerstone Church, they're a part of the whole Cornerstone family. And we, we share a lot of things together. And um, so anyway, uh, that was the real vision is to really draw people in, connect them to Jesus, but also connect them to a larger sort of uh, situation, larger body, larger fellowship that was going on. Did the genesis of this, like, was this you like having the forward vision excitement of virtual reality you didn't even have a headset yeah. like were, were there volunteers that that were excited or an elder board somebody like who who had the passionate idea to first say why don't we do a church in virtual reality yeah i'm, I'm probably the crazy one at our church and the, the congregants if they listen to this they will definitely laugh at that because i i get these crazy ideas and out of the box i just i love the idea of you know of course i think you're fully on board with this. I'm really sure of that. The mission never changes, but the methods can change. And we just need to adapt and find out how we can reach people for Christ, uh, no matter where the, uh, the situation might be. So uh, I've always been like pushing the envelope with the congregation and, and people have resonated with that. And so when I brought it up, the elders were like, sure. And the church was excited. At first, the people that were involved were mostly uh, our teenagers. They were really excited. And now we've got uh, a number of people that actually are go to our in real life church and volunteer and, and participate also in the VR church in their different ages. So it's been cool to see the spectrum of uh, diversity there too. So yeah, I was the one that kind of threw it out there. I remember it was a, uh, you know what? It was a Christmas Eve service was the first time I, I actually revealed it. And I don't know why I chose Christmas Eve. I think I was just so excited. I just, I think I had just gotten my headset. So I actually used the headset as a, as a prop in my little Christmas Eve devotional. And I don't even remember what I said, to be honest. You know what? No one remembers the sermon after a few days of, of preaching. I, I don't even remember. But I, I do remember using the headset. And of course, everyone else remembered that too. So it's kind of bizarre seeing me walk around with a headset on stage. But that clicked with people. And I told them the vision and that's when people really started getting behind it and really were excited. So, you know, posting on social media uh, has helped too, so they can see kind of what this is. 
there's still doubters and skeptics out there. Not that many that I hear from the church, but just people that post or respond to my social media. They see the avatars and they're kind of cartoonish on alt space. And they're just like, is that, how can you really have church that way? Is that real? You know? And so there's just some apologetic kind of dialogue that happens on why this is really valid and it works and people are growing. So that's been fun too, to kind of see uh, people that are real late adopters, even skeptics begin to move towards endorsing it and seeing it as a valid uh, tool. So that's been cool. Awesome. What's the, the thing that makes you unique in this is that you're a mixture of physical and, and virtual reality. Like DJ has been doing virtual reality for three years and, and DJ is unique. And there's, there's a handful of other um, VR planters that, that are sure. coming out and, yeah. and starting to do this. And, and, and not that I'm the expert and that I know all 330,000 evangelical churches in America today, but I don't know of anybody else that's really doing this hybrid of physical as well as being serious ab- about virtual reality. So I'm just curious, like, what is a, what's the life of somebody in, the, in a physical church? What does that look like compared to like a, a virtual reality church? Where, where is it similar? Where is it, it different? Yeah. Um, is it, is, is virtual reality a fully functioning church? Like what, tell me about kind of the comparison of the physical for you, the comparison of physical and, and virtual. Yeah. So, I mean, the basic, uh, the elements of Christian discipleship, I think are, are similar across the board, you know, no matter what the platform is. So I think that's cause you can still have really engaging, uh, discussions and teachings and, uh, one-on-one sort of accountability relationships and conversations about deep things. So discipleship can happen in real life. And and sometimes I've found even more, even more intensely in VR, people tend to be a little bit more open about the real stuff going on inside of them. So that's been kind of neat to see the benefit and beauty of of digital ministry in that regard. But um, so those basic discipleship elements are pretty similar. Um, It is still a challenge. I mean, VR, you know, because it's so new and and digital ministry, you know, I guess we're all sort of writing the book on it. We're still trying to figure out how does, how does this work? And so, you know, getting people uh, connected um, in a, in a deep and robust way, uh, individually, you have these really deep conversations, but getting them connected in a group is still a challenge. I think VR, I think uh, VR Church and DJ does a great job. They have a prayer world after their services. and, And I've been to that. And it seems like people are really bonding. That's been pretty cool. Pastor Brock, I don't know if you ever talked to him. He's a great pastor in Michigan. He's got a great uh, Discord uh, server. They interact a lot. Jate Earhart, he does a great job with forming. So I think there's guys out there that are really starting to form community. In terms of like the hybrid model, the way I've been trying to do it, and we're by no means perfect at it, we're still, you know, building the plane in midair. But, you know, we've had, of course, people from our congregation come into the VR campus and so there's some overlap there and, and people can, as they just dialogue and have conversations, I hear them, you know, sharing things that sort of bring the two worlds together. Our, uh, there's been a handful of our VR campus folks who just go to VR actually have been inv- involved in our live stream uh, for our in real life. So they'll watch that, they'll engage, comment, uh, even help out. So and helping out and dialoguing with people on the comment feed. So that's been cool. Our discord channel uh, you know, I'd like to see that become even more vibrant, but it's, you know, it's about a hundred people on there. It's decent. And, uh, there's both, uh, people from the VR campus on there and people from the in real life interacting. So that helps, 
Um, we did something here's, I mean, some other ideas uh, we did, um, uh, this thing called love Yuba Saturday. So I'm in the counties where we're like situated Yuba County and Sutter County, California. And so we go out and we, we take the Sunday off from church and there's other churches in America have done this before and go out and just serve the community. Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, how are we going to do that with our VR church? Cause we basically do the same service essentially as we do, you know, in both camp, in both campuses. And so I just said, Hey guys, we're going to take the day off. You guys can come into the VR church and pray for those that are serving in uh, Northern California. I'd also, it'd be great if you guys could go out and serve in your local cities and then tell us about it. So that was cool to see the in real life campus doing something, but the VR campus praying for them, um, doing their own ministry uh, for Christ in their local uh, cities. So that kind of brought us together a little bit. Um, you know, giving, we, you know, we talk, we always are talking about each other. So at the VR campus, I'm talking about the in real life and stuff that's happened and that they're praying for you and the same thing, uh, vice versa. In fact, uh, at our business meeting, our annual business meeting for our in real life church, we're really the whole church, uh, but it'll be uh, in November and we're going to have some video testimonies of folks in the VR campus who are going to just talk about how they've grown in Christ and how they've been blessed by the church and really thanking the in real life people for contributing and doing the work and, and uh, thanking them for their prayers. So that kind of will have some overlap um, just trying. And whenever we talk, we just constantly talking about each other. We don't keep it separate. And uh, I think there's some progress in, in some real uh, connections, but it is still, there's still a gap there. And one of the things I'm hoping for is maybe with augmented reality advances mm-hmm. in the future, there might be a way to kind of really bring the two together in real time, wow. even where you, I don't know. I mean, envision, I was talking with DJ and pastor Brock and Jate. So a while back, uh, you know, if, if you could come into your church service in real life and, but yet you, I don't know if there's, you know, if the technology was cheap enough or maybe you could see an image, maybe not everybody can have glasses, but maybe there's something on a screen somewhere that shows avatars, you know, sitting next to you. And then of course the avatars, maybe they'd have a screen in their facility. They could see the in real life church and they're all worshiping together. That would be, that would be pretty cool. So, I mean, that tech already exists, right? I feel like I just yeah, saw I think that it on does. The well, the, the, well, the NBA is doing that right now, right? And I was actually yeah. wondering how that kind of environment might play into the local church one day. And I think that's kind of a cool way. You know, you have yeah. well, the NBA has got the whole thing where they got virtual fans on screen, people who are watching yeah. from their devices or whatever else, but they're in tune with the game and watching. But if you can have that, like, uh, it's funny. My dad and I were asked, he was like, oh, you because he's very old school. He's like, right. Do you think, uh, do you, do you think it's a good thing? I said, dad, I think that's a great thing. I think the NBA needs to keep that yeah, and adapt that in, you know, to what, whatever comes next post COVID in terms of coming back in, because now you're giving young audiences who could never afford a ticket, an opportunity to be front row, you know, for, for a game, yeah. uh, even though it's virtual. And in the same way with church, I could absolutely see that working out, Jason, where yeah. you've got, you know, I don't know, like an LED screen on your wall back there that's just avatars, but they're there raising their hands up. Right there with you. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching a basketball, one of the pregames, and they were, they beamed Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. who was in Atlanta, like into the bubble as a hologram. And he's interviewing, I don't remember what coach it was or what player. It was, I just remember Isaiah Thomas. And, and so, but like they're, they're figuring out how to, how to do this with the technology yeah. and 5G. And like it's, the future is crazy, which is why when, when we're talking about redefining community, even in the virtual reality, stuff like that, it's 
Like yeah. people are, aren't are comfortable with that. It's like, we got to get comfortable. The pendulum is shifting more and more this way. This isn't the thing that you fight. This is the thing that, that you work through. But hey, Ray, I know you, you had some questions. What were yeah. you thinking? Jason, yeah. just a couple things you had said that yeah. I want to make sure uh, uh, and ask. So you talked about how folks in, in real life, right, IRL, how they're starting to engage more with the folks online. Were folks so captivated by the vision that you cast that they were like, man, I got to go get a headset like immediately. And then they went out and went and got some because I'm picturing folks in church and that's not where they're at initially to go out and just go drop on a $300 headset because they're so captivated by vision, man. Tell me about that. Well, mo- most of course did not go out and buy a headset. So that, that I don't, I don't want to overstate it. Yeah, but there were, we've had, I, I think there's probably, and it's a small, I mean, our church, our campus, our VR campus is probably only in the average of about 30 people. So it's a small campus, which is still great. Um, but so, you know, there's only been about maybe, I would think six, seven from the in real life that have uh, participated in some fashion and, and went out, you know, got headsets. So that, that was cool. Yeah. So I guess they were captivated by the uh, interfacing between, you know, the technological advancements and the mission of Christ and see how we could reach more people. I think people are super excited when we share that we've had people from all over the world come in. Um, they haven't all stayed, but most of the time people come in and they, they sit and, and, and participate, you know, in the whole service, which I'm always, I'm always stunned by. You'd think that they would be bored and they would pop in, pop out because it's so easy to just jump around in VR. Sure. But they sit there and they, they receive the whole message. And when I tell people that in our church, like, yeah, people are hearing the gospel and there, a lot of them are not Christians. We've had a ton of conversations with a lot of unbelievers because they feel comfortable coming into a VR church where they probably would maybe never come into a, a brick and mortar church. So it's been awesome for, for permission. Yeah, we discussed that with DJ, the concept of yeah. avatar as like creating yeah. a safe space for spiritual yeah. conversations. Do you have any examples of, man, we, we really like took it to the next level with this person. Obviously, you don't have to give a name away or anything like that. Yeah, well, I mean, so what, what, what the coolest thing that happens is when they, you know, connect. I mean, we've had a lot of conversations like after the, the church. In fact, a few weeks ago, an, an atheist uh, who I'd met before at one of our Bible studies on VR after the church service, he wanted to talk to me. So we had an hour long conversation, you know, about deep stuff. I mean, he obviously has got a lot of questions as an atheist. So stuff like that's happened. But one of the coolest things is when people have started to come and then we connect on discord. I've got uh, a person that over the six months now that I've been doing the church, we've been having an ongoing, I mean, I look back and there's like thousands of messages uh, about where they're going with their faith. They're trying to figure out, do they really believe in Christ? And they're asking a lot of good apologetic questions. So stuff like that, that's really uh, exciting to me. That really gets me up out of, the, out of bed in the morning. And I think that's, uh, that's what's exciting to the church here because we're trying to reach people, but it seems harder and harder to do it in the physical spaces of life. I, you know, mm-hmm. it's a different era. People don't sit on their porches and talk anymore, right? They, they close their garage after work and they go and watch Netflix. It's just harder to get connected with, with your neighbors. But on VR and digital, it's like, it's just amazing how easy it is. And so I think people really like that. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of excitement in that regard. What do you think is the, because I love that you're referring to this as the virtual reality campus. I yeah. like that. What do you think is the biggest challenge of translating the IRL campus to the VR campus? You mean explaining to the folks uh, in the, Maybe it's, maybe it's in strategy, maybe it's in development of mission, but what's something that you're like, man, we do this in IRL. I, I am still struggling with how to do this in VR. Yeah. So, you know, some of the key elements historically in, in our ancient faith, right, of, com- of community is communion, 
uh, baptism, um, yeah. you know, church, and some would argue, and people don't like to hear this term anymore, but church discipline, right? I mean, sure. and all that means is a loving way to help shepherd the flock so they don't fall off the deep end and get eaten by wolves, right? So you're trying yeah. to kind of help shepherd people. Those are areas that I think are still a little bit challenging. Uh, church discipline has been challenging to do even in, in real life. But uh, communion and baptism, I haven't figured that out. Although this designer who's helping us with his new world, he thinks he can design all these, um, you know, loaves of bread and communion wow. cups. And I think I never would have thought doing that before uh, until live stream happened with our in real life folks. And we were yes. celebrating communion. I said, go to your fridge, get some juice, get a cracker, and let's do this together. And I never had thought about doing that before. And so now that everybody seems okay with that, we're like, well, shoot, let's do that on VR. And so then you can have that bond of communion together. Uh, baptism, DJ's already done baptisms. And I, I'm of the, I know different traditions have different views on this, but I, I think that's legit. I think that's a, a real expression uh, of a testimony of a witness before others of their faith in Christ. But I, I know my other friends who have different views on that feel like, man, you can't do a virtual baptism. That's, you know, virtual communion for some, if they have different views on communion, that would be hard. But for us, we're a little more, a little more open on those things. But those bond uh, the community together. But I think we're still struggling to see some of those ancient elements of fellowship and community together yeah. uh, happening in VR. So that's where we're challenged. I could see how that would be the case across the board with all sacraments, right? Yeah. Like, and especially as we talk about specifically within church, like doing a VR wedding. You know, I know that once, once upon a time, right, like Zoom weddings and this kind of thing were thought of as unheard of. And yet here we are in COVID in, in the midst of, well, I guess this is the only way we've got. So yeah, yeah, VR we weddings. I hadn't thought about that. That would be interesting. Now, a VR funeral, that's where I draw the line. That's, that's where you draw the line? Yeah, that's too that's much. Too much. That's too yeah. much. <laughs> you actually have to be near the body in order to do the funeral. You have to breathe the same air molecules that, that are within the, the yeah, dead body for the funeral. I'm, I'm making fun of all the other West, conversations. Westminster Catechism, I think, somewhere. Yes, yeah. something like uh, that. Yeah, it's got, yeah. it's got to uh, be in there. Woo. It's got charged. I'm afraid in the era of deep fakes and all that stuff, we're going to have resurrections. <laughs> oh, no. Man, that's going to be some scary stuff. Oh, all right. Man, you <laughs> took us places I didn't even want to go. That's <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Hey, so so tell me, like, is it is it similar demographics? Like, are you reaching mm-hmm. the same type of person? Is it Are they Yuba people in virtual reality? How far does it spread? Like, to, what what are you seeing? Like, who are your ones? Who are you reaching yeah. and engaging? Yeah. Uh, virtually as opposed to physically. Yeah, I've only, I've only seen one uh, Yuba City person in there. Um, so mostly it's it's folks just throughout the world, mostly people in North America. We've got Canadians and, and United States citizens there. Um, and I don't know if that's, you know, the time frame we're at. Um, Allspace isn't probably the, the most popular platform at this point. Probably VR Chat. I don't know, Ray, you probably know. VR Chat's probably the biggest, although it's had some issues lately. Um, but anyway... Um, as far as age range, that's been pretty diverse. Um, Altspace is, you know, most of the plat like VR chat is probably mostly millennials and younger. Uh, Altspace, you've got really the spectrum, mm-hmm. and maybe you know, it's kind of like uh, Altspace is is the Facebook, and uh, VR chat's kind of like the Snapchat or Instagram. So Altspace is not quite as cool, um, but there's still a lot of younger people that come mm-hmm. in there. So, but it's, it's neat because I've got, uh, I got a guy who's in there. I think he was in his seventies and then I've got 
you know, some teenagers that come in and then all in between. So different, uh, you know, different backgrounds, different races, different, uh, and some from different countries. Uh, we've got a guy that comes regularly from, Est- from Estonia, you know, in Eastern Europe. Uh, and that's like one in the morning, I think, or t- midnight that he comes to our wow. church service Amazing. and he comes pretty much every week. Uh, and he's still not a believer. He's just processing through the faith. So that's been cool. Um, yeah. So it's, it's pretty diverse, I think. Uh, more so than, uh, than our in real life church, just because yeah. uh, the nature of, you know, where we live, where we live. That that's the takeaway statement right there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's more, more diverse, um, di- digitally because your physical isn't, isn't as diverse. Fascinating. Right. Yeah. Do you see like DJ reports, um, 80 to 85% lostness attending VR churches, you know, are, are you yeah, seeing probably. that extreme level of, of people who are, are unsaved kind of checking out a service to get a feel or checking out church? Like, do you see that or is, is it a little more tamer? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I've never actually thought through exactly percentages. I mean, there do seem to be folks, we have a Q&A at the end um, and they can just ask any questions. So some of them sound like they're asking pretty robust questions. Like you, they've got to have some uh, connectivity to the church at some level. But I think what I'm seeing probably, even though there are a number of completely lost folks that have never experienced church, um, a lot of the folks are de-churched. That's what I would probably, I would probably say there's more de-churched because even calling it church, that's what was strategic as well. Not only, be, you know, philosophically, I do think it's a part of the church. I don't think it's just a set, separate parachurch ministry, but but also calling it church is uh, strategic from a marketing perspective, right? People know generally what church is. They may not like church, but they're drawn to that, right? A church online and I can jump in, jump out, no harm, no foul. And so I do think that de-churched people tend towards, uh, you know, our churches, you know, probably DJ's mind. So you could consider them unbelievers, I I suppose. So that would be lost. Uh, It would go into his percentage. So yeah, I would agree with him there that 85% are de-churched or lost or uh, completely never connected to the church. Well, if, even if that's a arguable statement, yeah. these are people that are not coming back to the building. Right. Because ultimately you're tapping into people through this virtual reality that aren't setting foot in the physical space. Correct. Whether it's yeah. de-churched or they just don't feel comfortable coming in and having yeah. questions and, and, and kind of having this level of conversation that that's, doesn't yeah. exist. And, and so, you know, love some of the outward facing and, and the, um, you know, the evangelism transparent opportunities that you guys are getting in virtual reality. Like this is yeah, it's phenomenal. Been, it really is. I mean, it's, it's been a highlight in, in a really terrible year. It's been the highlight. It's just a great thing. So I'm, I'm glad we got into it. Tell me more about the, this diverse community. I mean, you've got yeah. somebody from Estonia coming in. I, yeah. I can only imagine just cause you know, the world is open, opened up, but it also feels super niche to a degree because not everybody's on the VR train yet. Right. Like this is right. still, somewhat cutting edge technology in the sense of yeah. not everybody's ready to go buy an Oculus or this kind of thing. So yeah. talk a little bit more about that uh, as far as how that's been interacting with people and connecting with them. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely uh, because it's a niche kind of uh, situation, you know, you can get, you can start it. You can really get into a conversation with any of them. If you talk about technology or talk about uh, Oculus, or you talk about your, what headset do you have? I mean, sometimes they might be a little bit gun shy about talking about other topics, maybe even religious topics, but boy, you start talking about technology, man, you could be on, you could talk with these guys for hours. So that is cool. And that, that makes this, 
all these VR communities uh, already bonded. Uh, no, no matter what their belief about God is, they're, they're bonded around the technology. So that's, that's an entry level or entry way into conversation too evangelistically. So that's kind of neat. Um, but yeah, I think it still is pretty, it is still pretty small percentage wise in terms of the overall population of the world, how many people are connected to it. But I, I really think even though VR kind of bumped up for what was back to 2017, 16, I think I can't remember when Facebook really went for it and it looked like it was going to go off the, off the rails, you know, and then it sort of diminished. But I, I think uh, with the Oculus 2 coming out and as the price point goes down, uh, they disconnect. You know, they're trying to keep it away from a lot of wired to the, to the PC. You know, even though that's a better experience, most people are not gamers and they don't have all that equipment. So if you get them a two $300, which is still high, but I, th- I think it's going to still take off. I think you're going to see VR continue to, uh, expand and I think most then more people will come into the VR churches. So I think church, I think churches. I don't want to be. I guess I'm a preacher, but I don't want to preach it all the pastors out there and make them feel bad. I, you know, this is a total. Uh, it's a, f- a freedom. If they want to do it, great. If they don't, that's fine. But I do think that this is the time to get involved with it. I think it's just going to blow open in the next five to ten years, and uh, I think churches really should should get involved with it. There's just so much opportunity. So I don't know if you ever watched Pastor, oh, Pastor Brock. Have you ever watched Pastor Brock's Twitches, uh, Twitch feeds where he goes into VR chat and just has conversations evangelistically? Oh, no. If you haven't, it's one of my favorite things to watch. I subscribed oh. to him because I love it. And I, I, can't remember his, I can't remember his Twitch. I think it's twitch.tv slash Pastor Brock VR. But he just it's amazing the conversations that he's able to get into because people are open to talking about deep things and Mm -hmm. the evangel. It's just, I've not seen anything like it in our culture in real life. Now you'd be lucky if you go out in the streets of wherever you live to have one pretty decent conversation about Christ. Right. But in VR, it's like every time he gets on, it's, it's amazing. The questions these folks are asking. And anyway, so I, I think that churches just need to say, see that that is real. Like that there is a huge mission field and it's only going to get bigger. Were yeah. you, cause you're, you're talking about lead pastors needing to get into this area. Pastors need to understand. Yeah. I, in this COVID season, I've had two pastors say to me, we want to launch a virtual reality campus. So the idea is even spreading through and yeah. Stadia, we're helping them figure it out. Here's what I want to know. Like, were you, so you didn't own a VR headset. You said that earlier. Yeah. Were you in this culture, like the Discord, the Twitch, like was, is this native to you or you just dove into this in COVID, learned it and planted a church in, in these communities? Well, I've, I've always enjoyed technology and I, and I, I guess I'm a, a little bit geeky, I guess. That's, it's cool now to be a nerd, right? So I, I'm, I've always been that angled that way. Uh, but no, I've not been... Uh, not been that at all connected to any of those types of environments. Like Jade, Jade is like a master at discord and, and online. No, I'm, I'm completely not. And so it was literally reading. I think I read, read about DJ and I think Christianity today. And I was like, that's amazing. What a cool thing. And I just started looking online and doing what you do, going Google and seeing what, what's out there. And, and I thought, I'm just going to do it, bite the bullet, get a, get a headset and jump in. I think my first, experience was in VR church. I visited there and I was, and I was blown away. I was like, this is the most amazing church service ever. So cool. So, and then from there, I just went hog wild with it, you know? 
So yeah, I, I didn't have any. So yeah, for those pastors out there that feel like, man, you know, these guys are way beyond me and I just don't have the knowledge. It, it, it really is not complicated. It, it's just, it's not. So, and it is, I will say it is, there are some elements that, that, you know, I, I've been challenged by, but I, you know, most that most pastors are going to have somebody on staff or maybe a volunteer. I, I've been blessed. We've got a director of operations that she basically does all that stuff for me now at both campuses, you know, live stream, uh, uh, all the alt space stuff. So I, I'm blessed right now. Um, but that wasn't the case when I first started. So those pastors that feel like they don't have that person still jump in. And then as you get into it, you'll find somebody, there'll be somebody that's inspired by the vision that has some techie skills and they can set up your PowerPoint slides on in alt space. Cause that's the stuff where I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. But uh, yeah. Your operations director handles everything from the physical building to broadcast to all yeah. the VR. She's pretty amazing. She she just has the ability to just navigate all and the social media for both and Discord community connections. She does all that stuff. Wow. So I've and that that's been recent because I didn't have her at the very beginning. So we hired her uh, four months, I don't know, three months ago. And that's been it's like, yes, it's been awesome. So I'm I'm not gonna ask her name because yeah. if other people heard it, she'd have no nope. job. Yeah, we can't let her get yeah, her resume out there. I'm not, no. not gonna do that with much <laughs> respect. Go to the website. <laughs> You can yeah. probably figure it out on your own, yeah. but no, that that's incredible. You don't yeah. like that. That's almost like the unicorn. You don't find people with with those those giftings easy. Yeah. So so well done with that. I even wanted to build on it a, a little bit and, and start to talk about maybe like volunteers, because yeah. you, you mentioned some of the physical volunteers are, are starting to serve in virtual reality. What what does that look like? Uh, was it difficult to kind of cast that vision? Were there people that had? understanding of the culture or are you having to train on VR culture at the same time? Like what, what is the volunteer onboarding and what does some of those processes look like? Yeah. So, uh, so one, one case in, in point, uh, a guy who is, in, I think he's in his, is he in his 50, maybe high fifties, low sixties. And, uh, but he just has a great heart for ministry, loves to teach the word of God, loves people, but no, no technology. I mean, nothing technological. And, uh, but he just really, caught that vision of the opportunities to reach people and to minister to them. And so he went out and got an Oculus Go because that was the cheapest one. And, and uh, I think they discontinued that one now, but he got the Go mm-hmm. and he jumped in, um, I don't know, five months ago, four months ago. And he does, he helps lead the Bible study on Wednesday nights. He'll go out, he'll get up and do prayer on the service or announcements. We got a number of people that do that. So yeah. Um, and then there were some teenagers that were like super native to all of this and they were, that was easy, but, but it's neat to see guys like that who just really love people and want to see them know Jesus and the hope of Christ. And he's like, I can put up 200 bucks for a go and jump in. And, and again, alt space, it makes it, you know, these platforms for the most part, they make it pretty easy for people to, you know, there's a little bit of a learning curve, but you know, you give it a half hour and it's, it's just not that complicated. You just hang out with people and talk to them. I mean, it's not, so that's, a, that's a pretty cool story about somebody that had like zero, like he's wow. in his low sixties. Yeah. I, I nothing technological about him, but he, uh, he's in it. He does it every week. So is your typical uh, cornerstoner? Is it more of the sixties guy or is it more of the, the 20 something that's in that culture that's being, being the missionary. Out so there. we're, we're actually pretty uh, evenly split now. It was at the beginning, it was mostly uh, probably fifties and above. Um, and now we've got quite a, a lot of young people and young families and, and some millennials. So it's, it's kind of 
grown over time, but um, yeah. So I guess that's why the diversity is there in our volunteer base. You know, we've got, you know, director of operations, she's in her, you know, low thirties, but then we've got, like I said, volunteers there in their sixties. Now it's all of this plus church online, or is this your church online? Like is VR it? No, we do church online. So we do live stream and, uh, and we have other video content that we put out stuff like that, but it's all, yeah. Man, that's a lot because I know we've been focusing on this particular thing, but that's a lot because that's that's running three sites now, like in terms of multi-site church. Yeah, and it's a yeah. church of three hundred people. I mean, yeah. this is like like the the resources that you're pouring into this, even even just time equity. Yeah. Is, is is phenomenal. So uh, I mean, I don't I don't know if that's forward vision, uh, just seeing the the road ahead and, and and pivoting that way, but like just yeah, it hasn't. I guess it hasn't felt. Uh, I think because I just, I do the exact same sermon. So, you know, it's just like opening another search service. Uh, you know, like a lot of pastors, they might, Hey, I want to go from one to two services, two to three services. That's all we did. And, um, but you know, there is some equity time and, and some money, but it, yeah, I, yeah, it hasn't been, it hasn't been that, uh, over overbearing. And I think because of the, when you see the fruit, right. And you see the excitement, of the mission being accomplished, uh, it just gives you this ne- this energy, right? This supernatural mm-hmm. energy. I think that's what's happening is that people are just excited, and so that they they want to give their time and their money to that. So I think that's what's kept it sustained. Is that it really is it, people really are connecting with Christ? So pretty exciting. That's that's great. Yeah. When, when when you first so you re, you read this, I just I want to come back to this because I, I love yeah. the fact that you've birthed this you know relatively quickly out, out of the COVID yeah. season. Here, you read this article in yeah. Christianity Today, DJ yeah. Soto. Yeah, how long between that point and you actually like launched a service? Uh, it probably it probably was uh, at least eight months. Okay, yeah, I think it was I think it was in the summer of 2019 that I read that. And I remember telling, I remember reading it. Uh, I was eating a snack at the dinner table there and reading this article. And I, I think instantly I said something to my wife who was in the kitchen there and I, or somewhere I can't remember where she was. And I, and I said, and I said, this pastor, he's baptizing people in virtual reality. And I just want, you know, I was just like, this is, and we had a long talk about like, that's so crazy and revolutionary. And what's that mean? And how does that work? And, and so that that conversation it just led to a bunch of conversations with her and so many other people in the church and about just the viability and the and 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 and, and should this be done should this be is this something God wants and I think enough people just got as I told people they were just like yeah and so it just it just kind of took took fire from there leading to the the Christmas Eve service and the headset and and then people were excited so I I think we had. And I mean, we're small, we're a small time situation here. We're not, you're not talking to Andy Stanley. So our church is small. And, but I think we had five people donated about $5,000 right there at that end of that Christmas season in January towards this effort. And then the elders, since they've seen that the, what's been done, the elders are like, let's, let's put more money to this and more money to digital where before, you know, digital was like, I don't even think we even had any money. I don't think we had any money associated with it. I don't know what we were doing. We weren't even doing live. Yeah, we weren't even doing live stream until uh, until all this happened. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's funny because it doesn't seem that crazy because people, you know, we talk about this in terms of pastoral leadership, but people really do want to give to vision. 
right? Like they really do want to give towards seeing their kids or their grandkids reach. And so when they see guys like you, Jason, taking steps forward in that direction, bold steps, they, they may think, man, I don't care what it costs, man. That's going to reach my kids. That's going to reach my grandkids. That's going to reach the next generation. Yeah. I'll sacrifice. I'll give whatever it takes to that. It's been cool. We even started, uh, Jay Earhart started this thing called God and Gaming. And again, one of those situations, I, I, I'm not, uh, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. So I just beg, borrow, and steal. <laughs> so I said, Jay, that is a great idea. So we started our what we call GG, uh, Good God Gaming. So we we actually started that. And again, people, are, people, especially in certain age groups, are a little bit like, "That's weird. Is that even, is you know, is that even like biblically? You know, can God can God bless you playing video games and doing a Bible study? But at the same time, they're like, I want to see my my kids reached. You know, I want to see. I want to see the next generation reach for Christ. And so people have been excited about it. So we started, we're doing one right now. We're going to start a second one. And these are things I never, ever, ever, ever would have thought of a year ago. I mean, Oh yeah. This is not how I was trained like in seminary. Well, growing up in nineties Christian cancel culture where they were telling us to throw away mortal combat. Now they're like, no man, go reach those kids with mortal combat. It's crazy, man. Yeah, I was was having this conversation the other day, like through Stadia. We're we're doing digital only church planners, and some of these digital only church planners want to plant an MMO, like mm-hmm. in in different platforms and things like this. And and so I was having a conversation with Stadia about this, and DJ was was in the room, and we're we're talking about like the the viability of planting churches in, in games like Final Fantasy fourteen or fifteen, whatever the version they're they're up to. And, um, and DJ just has the throwaway stat. Yeah, there's like 20 million people that, that are they're still engaged regularly yeah. in, in this Final Fantasy 14 platform. Wow. And, 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 wow. and the guy that I was with with Stadia, like he, he gets white. He says, you're telling me there are 20 million people that engage just in that one, just in that one game, yeah. 20 million people. And, and he's, like, he's like, Jeff, we're doing this big movement with Stadia to, to plant churches in prisons. Because we found the stat that there's two million people here in the U.S. in, in the in the penal system, and they need wow. to get some sort of a church. So we're helping plant churches and prisons. But now you're telling me there's 20 million that play really? in just one of like multiple platforms. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and the opportunities for us to like engage and to create yeah. a church in those communities, mm-hmm. uh, like to me. That's exciting. Like yeah, virtual yeah. reality is is yeah. is scratching the surface yeah. of, of really what the future can hold for us. That is so awesome. And you know, the 20 million, I I can, you know, just guessing I would majority of those have no connection to the church. I mean, I play Valorant a lot. That's actually the the one of the the the, the one uh, GG study that we do, we do it in Valorant, which is kind of kind of interesting because uh, we're shooting people and talking about grace and stuff, you know, and <laughs> it's like, <laughs> have mercy, no mercy. But it's, it's, but these, but these guys that are on there that I never, and, and I think several of them are from the, uh, you know, several are IRL folks. So uh, I think the majority, cause it's a small group, but I have never heard them talk hardly ever about Bible study. I mean, this is drawing them out. Like they're doing something they love and they're talking about God and learning. But anyway, on Valorant, you know, there's, you know, such a huge community, just like, I mean, probably not as big as Final Fantasy, but you just see the gamer interaction and it's, it's not great, right? Like these folks are seemingly clearly lost. Mm -hmm. So I think the opportunity is enormous. Like it's really untapped. All the, all the gamer culture, it's, 
it really is a, the mission field. It is the modern day mission field. That's where most of the younger generations are hanging out. Mm-hmm. I, so I, what you said, man, that I did not know 20 million on vinyl. That's crazy. That to me gets back to the conversation of avatar in terms of who is the real you, right? Like, because Christians in these environments act differently too. And so they've even got to learn. And we're probably as pastors going to have to lead our people towards establishing not a new ethic, but that same ethic in these environments. Yeah to make sure that there's integrity across the board, right? Like who you are in digital spaces, whether you're gaming, whether you're in virtual reality, whatever else has to be the same Christian that you're living IRL in real life. Right. And so that has to carry over. And then why not grab people spiritually that you're connecting with over there and bring them over to Christ. I mean, that's, that's massive. That's awesome. That's a good point about the ethic that we have to understand. Cause I think there's, you know, wrongly or rightly, we, we have this, under, uh, you know, the sacred secular divide. Right. And I think some of that's okay, but I, I do think that maybe has created some of this dilemma where we don't know how to enter into other spheres as a Christian. And we just, it just, we just haven't, I don't think we've equipped people to know how to actually be in the world and experience the secular, all, all that, it, all that is all reality in a sacred way. And, and as inverted. So what we've done is we've separated the two out and the history of the church bears that out, right? We've This is your sacred spot. Come and do the holy stuff here only. Here's the secular. Don't mix the two together. Um, that's really the loud message, whether we intended to send that message or not. We sent that message. So that's why there's people, you can't play Final Fantasy and, and speak about Jesus. And the reality is we have to figure out this ethic where we bring Jesus into all those spaces. I, I think that's that's what's so cool about the digital revolution here happening in the church, I think, is it's creating more robust disciples that are through and through living out their Christian existence in all spheres. I think that's huge. Well, it's, it's, it's certainly a fascinating opportunity to revisit the idea of calling yeah. to create a disciple maker to the place. It's funny. I just got an email from, from the girl that wants to plant an MMO asking a yeah. question on something as we're doing the podcast. So like she literally has a calling to plant a church in in her guild in the in yeah. the game that that she plays it's it's not final fantasy it's another one yeah. uh black something online i feel like me i can't think of it right now it's, anyway sorry it's, yeah i should know i i don't know I, I don't keep up with the mmo culture as much as i should i'm learning dude i'm 43 i'm trying to keep up as much as i can but th- she has a calling to do this and and so now we have like organizations like Stadia or even like people like DJ coming along and saying, Hey, let us help you plant this church and, and do this. Yeah. Shoot. Even five years ago, like this was crazy. I, I start to hear the horror stories of some of these planters who like, like DJ Soto, like Angela Craig, who are planting these churches digital only without a physical footprint yeah. and, and like just being told no and ridiculed and mocked. And, and no support in denominations, like not returning phone calls. And yeah, yeah like it's, it's was this crazy world. And what's, what's fascinating yeah. is now as a result of COVID, I think people have a lot more future vision than yeah. they did pre-COVID. Absolutely. Where some of these things aren't necessarily as radical. And even, I mean, shoot, Jason, even your story alone here, where over the span of eight or nine months, you went from, I can't even spell VR, to, hey, I'm getting ready to launch a, a VR church that's tied in to the mission and vision of our church with centralized support with funding coming from the physical campus to virtual like that's a very quick time turnaround for you to have an effective ministry virtually 
I can't believe you're doing, you know, broadcast digital church online ministry as as well. So you're really attacking like on three different spheres, the avatar, the church online as as well as the physical now with with your building in in Yuba. Like this is this is just a phenomenal church ministry that you've developed on these three fronts. Well, you're, you're wearing me out now thinking about it. Man, I guess we are doing all those things. I'm starting to... Well, I'm worn out for you. <laughs> no, I've got a really good staff. Like I said, I mean, we really are blessed. And so, but it's been... But again, the energy's there because God's doing stuff. And that's always exciting. So what's the biggest challenge? Um, so you're doing physical, you're doing broadcast, you're doing... What's, what's the hard thing? What's the tricky thing? Um, either in each of them or all of them? Like, where, where, where do you get stuck? Well, I think, man, just trying to figure out um, discipleship. I mean, there's, it's amazing to me after 2,000 years, we're still, you know, so many books are written on every generation because we're all like, man, how do we do this? And I, I think we know how to, but it just seems, it seems challenging to know how to take somebody to the deeper levels. And, uh, and, and sometimes it just happens sort of by accident, which really God just doing it. And you're like, wow, this guy wants to, wow, he wants to be uh, involved more. I thank God. I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with it. He just, you know, the Holy Spirit moved him. But I'd like to figure out how to get better in the in real life church, on the online, uh, digital uh, live streaming, et cetera. And then the VR avatar stuff. Across the board, I want to see somehow a disciple, figure out how to do discipleship in a much more, streamlined, I hate to use that term, but just a way that makes sense for everybody that we can replicate. And it can, it works across all spheres because it's just the, the age old process that Jesus instituted. And I guess I'm just struggling sometimes to, to figure out, and maybe because the nuance of every personality, every person is different and every situation is different, but I've, I've been challenged by that through all, I've been a pastor since uh, 2008 and so not that long, but I mean, long enough to be like, how come I haven't figured this out yet? <laughs> so I'm kind of embarrassed to even admit it, but that, that would be awesome to see the church just get more and more on fire, more empowered, more equipped to do its work. And I see it in pockets, but I feel like I'm probably failing uh, to really make it clearer for the people. So that's where I'm hit a nerve there. That one's always, like, yeah. Man, why can't I figure this out? I was going to say, it took the master three years with 12 guys. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, that's what I keep reminding myself. And that's what I remind a lot of our guys, because, you know, the, it goes back to the whole microwave crockpot conversation we always have at church in terms of discipleship, because like, I know that, and I'm, I'm calling my own organization out in this sense. Sometimes we say, oh man, we need to, we need to create leaders. And what we really mean is, oh, we need to send more volunteers out. We're not necessarily as concerned with the slowness yeah. of discipleship, which is really where the deep and heart-wrenching stuff comes from. And yeah, you know, sometimes you got to take out your highest leaders out of ministry because, man, they're not there spiritually right now. And you got to do the work and, and working with them to kind of get back up to speed, et cetera. And not because they're not leading high enough, but because their spiritual life isn't yeah. matching the calling that they've got right now. And so I think that's just the lifelong struggle that we're all going to have as ministers yeah. and leaders. And so you know, Jason, kudos to you, man, as you try to figure that out to do that both in, a, in IRL and, and in VR. I know it's going to present a lot of challenges, but a lot of joys as well. Yeah, good word. That's a good word, Ray. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a year ago, you couldn't even do discipleship online. I, I, was, I was having those conversations in yeah. 2019. 
discipleship, disciple making, you know, that, that you had to be in the physical space for that. And, uh, and even to see in COVID where now, you know, something like less than 200 churches were doing small groups online to now a yeah. major percentage are, are embracing this and figuring that as a result of COVID, yeah. maybe it goes back to normal. We'll have to see what, whatever the perceived yeah. normal is February, 2020. Um, maybe it reverts back to the way that it was, but I, I think there's a better understanding of community of engagement and, and hopefully discipleship, disciple-making as, as a result of it. So you are not the only church to wrestle with that. So, so at least have that, have that in mind. Many, many churches are, are, are trying to crack that. But if we can figure out how to do discipleship digitally, yeah. virtually, and, and this just becomes a yeah. distribution network of the gospel, the internet digital does, man, I, I think that's yeah. when we see revival. Because yeah. I think the, the, our buildings are, are a lid. And what you're seeing in virtual, what we're seeing through your broadcast and church online, I think that's going to open up a whole other, a yeah. whole other level of church that that we don't even realize here in in 2020. So yeah, that's good. Good word. Hey, listen, I, man, I love this time. I'm so excited yeah, about this fun. idea of the three phase church. You are the one guy in the entire country who's doing three phases. I don't know so, about that, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. If I was wearing a hat, I would take it off. Um, I salute you, whatever it is. So, so thank you for that. Hey, Ray, as, as we're landing the plane, just any maybe closing thoughts? Yeah, just, you know, and I love the, the thought process of, of how you're looking at this as its own campus. And I, I don't think that could be overstated enough because, you know, every platform down the road is going to be viewed as a separate campus, kind of like how we go multi-site into different communities. You know, yep. YouTube's going to be considered a church online campus one yep. day. Yep. Facebook's going to be considered its own campus one day. And so we kind of have to take a look at how we're taking that same mission method and engaging specific environments. And so I think what you're doing, Jason, is so wonderful and so forward thinking, but at the same time, it fits in with who your church is now. So it's not like you're being somebody else. You're being who you are in this space. And yeah. for that, like Jeff, I take my head off to you. Uh. Thanks, bro. Yeah, thanks, guys. This fun help. Yeah, with this, man. Just even as we're landing the plane here on, on your side, Jason. Any any closing thoughts? And anything as we're wrapping up? No, I just uh, well, thanks for what you guys are doing. I mean, I think just keeping it out. I mean, because there's not that many champions for this, right? I mean, you already talked about DJ and his story was one of kind of on on his own in the wilderness, right? And people were, and I did see, you know, as I did research. People can be just really brutal, and I don't know why we do that to each other. Why that? Why we eat our own? Uh, but we do. And so uh, it's gotten better now because there's more people like DJ that are out there and you, but the, the, you know, you doing this uh, allows for a voice to be had for people that are trying to, to see a new way forward to bring people to Christ and giving it. I just think, yeah, there's not that many voices out there that are, that are uh, making us look uh, nor- I mean, everyone else makes us look uh, abnormal and maybe even not even biblical sometimes. And so it's nice to have somebody that's, uh, you know, understanding that this is really a legitimate means of expressing the gospel to people. So thanks for doing what you're doing yeah. with Stadia. Yeah. Amen. And so Ray, Ray was actually part of my Genesis and we're going to be celebrating this in, in a couple of weeks. The, the church digital is coming up on our 100th episode. Uh, wow. here on, on the podcast. And so, and this goes back, the podcast is actually going to highlight, you know, my story back in like 2000, January, February, 2018, Ray? I'm yeah. Trying to, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was that long ago. And once again, in COVID, it feels like, you know, forever ago, but <laughs> forever, but it really was like three, maybe not even three years ago. But, um, you know, my church story was, uh, I, I was frustrated 
because I could not get leadership to, I, I didn't even feel like I was communicating clearly to leadership. We were like so far apart um, just in the different visions and, and, and methods and, and directions of, of what I was seeing and how I was seeing it. And so I, I felt alone. I, I was frustrated. Literally, I didn't feel like anybody was like on the same pages as, as me. And so because of that, I felt weird and, and, and like, well, maybe, maybe I'm just looking at ministry different or maybe God really doesn't, doesn't work this way. And, and so Ray and I, um, we were blessed at the time to go to a conference in California. Actually, it was in Disneyland, downtown Disney, um, other side of the country for us here in Miami. And so went to this conference and was actually surrounded by, I don't know, a couple hundred people who, maybe more than that, but they were people who were thinking just like I was thinking. They were asking the same questions that I, that I was asking. And, and as a result of it, I, I started to realize, hey, I'm, I'm not alone, but there are very few people who are championing these ideas. Like these people don't know each other. I'm, I'm literally on the other side of the country and I have no idea for years that there were people who were kind of wrestling with these same things that were coming up with solutions that I didn't know about. Yeah. And, and and really, it was in the middle of this conference that I, that I started the Church Digital. I bought the domain name in the middle of a keynote speech uh, on, on my phone on the GoDaddy app because I was like, that's not an endorsement of GoDaddy. But I just, I bought it because it's like, I was like, God, God called me. I, I'm going to do this. I have no idea what it looks like. I didn't know it was going to be like, quit the job, start the business. I didn't know Stadia. I couldn't even spell Stadia at the time. Uh, and, and it's just it's how God has kind of orchestrated all this. I believe in a way to help create new churches, to birth new digital-only, avatar-only, digital, mixing physical and digital, you know, to help churches utilize these tools, not for digital purpose, not for VR purpose, not for even physical benefit, but it's this idea of creating these disciple makers who can go and pioneer and create new churches in MMO, in Twitter, in Facebook, in virtual reality, in whatever the crazy thing that comes up next, because there's always going to be a crazy next thing and how we, the church can support. That's beautiful. And Jason, you are doing a great job oh, and maybe you. even just realizing, Hey, there's more than just the building. Yeah. Let's test and let's experiment some of this stuff and, and the stories. Like, I just want to continue to get updates, man, just to yeah. kind of feel you're, I've got, you're the three, your nicknames, you know, three phase polling. I got, we got to come up with something, but you're the guy who's doing it in the three phases. You are the one guy. And so like, I want to hear what's going on. What are you learning? What's working? What's not working for you here in, in the, in the months ahead. So let's, let's bring yeah. you back on. Let's That'd dialogue. Yeah. This. And, I'll, I'll add a fourth phase. Maybe there's a four, is there a fourth phase? Is that possible? Uh, well, you, we can if there is, you'll be there first. If there is, <laughs> you, you will be, be there, there first. first. <laughs> the b- b- Jason Poling, uh, Cornerstone's bleeding edge oh, small man. church tech, man. I, I love yeah. this. So, hey, for Ray, for Jason, this is Jeff with the Church Digital. Thanks for jumping on the podcast here. We'll see you next time. Have a good day.